I have been calling, reaching out. It feels like I never really stopped, but I also don't know if I ever really began. I tried to push my words through the metal walls, through the dirt, through the air. I don't know if they fell upon deaf ears or simply incapable ones. But I know that I was pushing to be heard, and I hope my voice was carried out, calling on the wind. I am calling from Elm Lake. It was cold, sterile. It's hard to explain it much more than that. It really felt like I had been enclosed in some sort of liminal space, one with no bottom, top, or sides, and yet still fully enclosed. In that space, there was darkness and a sort of hum. Nothing pitched and certainly nothing resembling music. But it thrummed through the air around me, and I could feel it in what passed for my bones. It was, in a word, unsettling. I felt the door open. I ached as the door itself scraped across the metal floor, as I had shivered when anything struck the door itself. I couldn't see it, of course, as I was not near the door, but I felt it, echoing through my entire consciousness, and then, without warning, I was surrounded by light, bright, piercing light, the exact opposite of the darkness I had previously known, and warmth, a blanket perhaps draped over my shoulders, combating the cold I had existing within, and then faces faces I recognized but couldn't place, faces that looked at me with wetness on their cheeks. Were those tears or something else? I don't understand. Not the tears running down my face, of course. Those I definitely understand. They are a natural reaction to both shock and relief. The shock of Lorraine Powell vanishing before our eyes. And the relief of Amelia Ashford standing before us, looking somehow younger than I'd last seen her. Not by much, of course, but even a few years can create a noticeable difference. Emilia looks confused, disoriented, and I can't blame her. She hasn't been seen in what feels like months, and honestly, her memory had started to fade from my mind. Her appearance coincided with the opening of the door to the bunker, but she wasn't in the bunker, or if she had been, that isn't how we found her. As the door opened, the air had been charged with an electric buzz, and that buzz only intensified as Lorraine vanished. 
It wasn't until the buzz calmed that something coalesced in front of us and took shape. No, not something. Someone. Some Emilia. Back, returned from wherever she had been. She asked about a laundry, but Jenny calmly took her in her arms and started to usher her away, past George Mooney, past the equipment, and away from the bunker. The two women talked quietly, one seemingly wary of the other. I wanted to follow, but didn't want to intrude on their conversation. I also desperately wanted to learn what was inside the bunker and felt my attention torn in two opposite directions. After what felt like an unfathomable amount of time, My decision was made for me as George rushed past into the bunker itself. Looking back at Jenny, she nodded and continued walking. I turned to follow George, not wanting him to be alone in this alien space. It became clear immediately that George was looking for Lorraine. And it became clear shortly after that that he was chasing a thread that would simply lead to a tangled knot. I'm going to try to calm him so that we can be more methodical about our exploration of this space. If Lorraine is somewhere here, we aren't going to find her by chasing shadows down the bunker's metal corridors. Amelia. I knew I had recognized something about the signal, but I couldn't quite place it. At least not until I heard her quiet, scared, hello. That word brought a rush of emotion out of me, and I just knew somehow that I was here, at the bunker door, to help get poor Amelia back onto her feet. I found a blanket, wrapped her with it, and helped her walk. We talked in low voices about nothing of real consequence. Mostly the conversation revolved around things like laundry and baked goods. As much as I wanted to push Amelia to find out where she'd been, I knew that she was in no condition to talk about that right now. Rest is more important, even in light of the mystery about Lorraine. I hope George will be well. He rushed into the bunker so quickly and without any thought for what may lay within. I looked over my shoulder to Anthony, trying to will him to stay with George. Thankfully, I think he actually got the hint, as he isn't following me and Amelia. I know I give him grief about being generally clueless about what has been happening around Elm Lake, but he can be intuitive at times. This is one of those. And I'm glad I can put some trust into him as he and I divide our attentions, caused by the bunker door opening. 
I get Amelia back to town proper and try to bring her towards her home. She shies away, pulling me in a different direction. A direction that would, in a different where, lead us directly to the Owl's Nest Diner. But we aren't in the correct where, and far from the correct when, so I naturally resist. Emilia pulls me another block, and I'm about to ask where we're headed when I see it before us. The nest. Dimly lit, but welcoming. It shouldn't be here. But it is. And standing in its doorway is Marcus Grant. A grim look on his face. I take a deep breath, and at Amelia's insistence, we enter. The nest is back. Not quite the same, but back. I didn't have to turn any corners this time. I was simply able to will myself here. Lorraine is inside, as she always is, ready with a cup of coffee and a sarcastic remark. Her eyes are darker, and her face looks somehow off but she is here they opened the door things are changing I could have warned any of them but Anthony has always to depart from me and Jenny oh Jenny she brought me to a mysterious diner chatted with me over a breakfast sandwich and then locked away the secrets of Alta Return. Somehow, this all revolves around her, and the fact that she has brought Amelia Ashford back to our community proves it. Things are going to keep changing, for at least a short time. Elm Lake is bound to discover long-buried secrets. This is not going to go well for many of them. I've seen some of them start to creep in. Especially the way Angus is caring for his weapons now. No, not weapons. Tools. But tools that could be weapons. Lorraine flickers a little behind the bar. She has no words. How could she? The bunker is opened. And everything is changing. George is far faster than I expected him to be. I shouldn't be surprised as he's been very physically active his entire adult life. But it isn't long before I can't even hear his footsteps reverberating through the halls of this bunker. Or down the metal stairs. I call out to him once and hear my own voice echo back to me. 
giving me no sense of scope as to the size of the structure. It feels like it's huge, but there's also a pressure as though it is too small for human existence. The walls press in on me, but I soldier on, not wanting to lose both George and Lorraine mere moments after each other. I descend the first staircase, and then the second. On the third floor below, I catch a glimpse of a light and chase after it, stumbling through this unfamiliar space. There is a dim light illuminating the bunker itself, and this light was both brighter and warmer than what has been filling my vision since we entered. I get to a corner, turn it, and abruptly find myself grinding to a stop on the rough flooring. light is not attached to George. It isn't attached to anything. Suddenly, I feel as though I'm being watched. The ground swells, replicating the rising and falling of a chest taking in air. Somewhere deep in my bones, I can feel more than hear a growling sound, full of menace and dread. From far above, I can hear George calling to me. He says he's at the door, and absolutely refuses to enter the bunker without some help. He makes it clear that he wants to find Lorraine, that we shouldn't go chasing without a plan. In response to his words, the growling grows stronger. Above, George is waiting. Below, something else is waiting. Through it all, Elm Lake is waiting. Calling from Elm Lake, Episode 17, Retrieval was written and produced by Sean Monahan. The voice of Elm Lake is Sean Monahan. The voice of Jenny Fowler is Emma Sala. The voice of Marcus Grant is Mick Reyna. The voice of Amelia Ashford is Maddie Stewart. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinismusic.com. You can find us on both Twitter and Facebook for a little social media strangeness. You can also find us on TikTok as we create visuals to help round out the world of Elm Lake. 
If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on whichever podcasting app you have found our feed. Doing so can help bring new listeners to the call of Elm Lake. If you'd like to support us as we unfold this story, add new voices, and just generally continue to explore this particular creative process, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash calling from Elm Lake. Your support will help us continue to grow and expand on the story and hopefully be able to add even more content within the universe of Elm Lake. The Earth growls for a number of reasons, the most prevalent of them being simple hunger. <laughs>